you want to go ahead and do the intro? What's up, folks? I'm Angie. I'm here with my coworker, Alex. Hey, what's up, guys? We are gathered here today because we decided to start a podcast. We're calling it 1090 AM, AM because those are both of our initials, and we wanted to do a little play on the AM radio stations, which I think they're actually going out of business is what I last read about them. Uh, That's because, you know, people prefer FM because FM has better sound quality, but AM can actually travel greater lengths, so that's important, right? We chose 1090 because Alex was born on the 10th day of a month. I was born in the year 90. 10 plus 90 equals 100. And we always keep it 100. (laughs) We just wanted to create something where people are able to hear two adults have civilized conversations about things that actually matter and things that are going to make you think and question and grow as a person eventually. Yes, yes. We're trying to expand your guys' horizons, try to make you think in different ways and give you a everyday perspective of things that go on in the world and how to perceive them and what they mean. So hope you guys enjoy. I just want to give a brief shout out and acknowledgement to uh, Mr. DMX, who is uh, currently in the ICU. I guess he had a drug overdose, but, you know, prayers and thoughts. Hope the man has a full recovery. You know, that was one of the first albums that I ever bought. So, um, yeah, just hope that everything goes well with the man. And it's not looking too good, though. I just read that uh, they flew his kids in. So it must be pretty serious all 15 of his kids angie i didn't know he had fucking 15 kids (laughs) yeah 15 kids kids. Mm -hmm. that man was busy right he should he had a kid for 25 of the states he went on tour in (laughs) amazing yeah but i imagine with all the money and and royalties and everything that he has man his kids are set like even even if he has 15 because i you gotta remember man like this dude he put out what like probably six or seven albums he's been in hella movies um they use his music even still to this day for you know trailers for movies i think the last time somebody used or that i can remember somebody used his music for a trailer was a that deadpool movie you know, I'm pretty sure his family's still good, you know. That's what I always, I sometimes feel like an asshole because, like, whenever people who are wealthy are dying or something, I'm just kind of mm-hmm. like, oh, like, they'll be fine because, like, they will. Like, the family, yes, it's sad. Like, it's always sad when someone dies and, it, you know, money doesn't take that emotional pain away. But it makes it a little easier to deal with the shit that comes after when you have money. Like, that's a reality. Right, right. And, and not only that, but in, even in his situation, man, like, I, you know, he's been dealing with addiction because that's what they say it was. You know, he had a, a relapse. He's been free for a while or um, clean for a while as far as drugs, but he um, relapsed. I guess. And I mean, it's crazy because I guess the way he first was introduced to crack cocaine was somebody like he was smoking a blunt with and somebody laced his blunt with crack. Oh, that's and from that. Yeah, that's fucked. Yeah. And I mean, like, you got to understand, Angie, like at at one point, this man, I mean, we claim Jay-Z to be like, oh, like the top tier person or whatever. But at one point, man, this dude was bigger than Jay. Oh, like this dude is, I mean, you know, and to be on top like that and your fall come from, you know, basically because you're smoking crack. Like Mm -hmm. that's a hell of a thing. Like, you know, because they they would say he would have crack binges and he would stop showing up to shows and performing and stuff because he's in the hotel just paranoid. And, you know, so to be at the top of your game and let that shit all come crashing from drug addiction, drug addiction. You know, that shit's crazy. So, you know, again, man, just 
shout out to DMX and just hope that, you know, he makes it through, man, because that's that's a fucked up situation. So um, one of the things that we're going to talk about today on our podcast here is how uh, you've managed to live through COVID-19 or some of the things that COVID-19 has taught us within the past year. I mean, everybody has different um, experiences, uh, different perceptions, but me and Angie just want to give you our perspective on how things kind of, how we perceive things. You know, one of the first things that I wanted to talk about regarding this was the stupidity and the panic of people when this first started. I mean, everybody's seen it, the videos of old women getting in fights in the grocery store over toilet paper and water. That shit is crazy. (laughs) You know, like when you first see it, it's shocking. They always ask the question, are human beings inherently good or bad? And it's hard to answer that question when you see shit like that. (laughs) Because it's just like, you know, like, damn, this is an old ass lady. She's 75. And she's trying to beat this other old lady up or whatever. And it's like, they're old enough to know better. Mm -hmm. But they still are acting in this way. And, you know, overall for me, Angie, it was just like, people ain't shit. (laughs) And, and, And this was just a glimpse of what things would look like you know this was this wasn't even that bad this was you know i mean it was bad covid19 killing a whole bunch of people millions of people but it wasn't um an extinction level event it wasn't something where like humanity is at the forefront of being extinct and you just see people just lose their humanity and Mm -hmm. you know i mean if this was something more serious you know, you'd see people killing over medication, mm-hmm. people killing over food, over resources. You know, people would go back to being scavengers and shit. It'd be the dark ages all over again. By the way, Alex is a Virgo, so he loves to point out people's stupidity. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very analytical, guys. I'm very he logical. To be like, these people are stupid. <laughs> Let me tell you why. I had to jump straight into it. (laughs) Um, um, But besides the stupidity, like things that stood out to me were the hypocrisy of it, right? Like you're saying, these people were out there fighting for things like toilet paper and water and just hoarding essentials that all humans need when it wasn't a situation where humanity was really in danger to that level quite yet Mm. right yes what I mean by the hypocrisy is think about people who live in poverty what is their reality it's Mm -hmm not knowing where their next meal is going to come from. It's not having access to clean water sometimes. It's not having any money. It's fucking being behind three months on your rent, wondering when you're going to get evicted, right? It's a lot of those types of things that really put you in a legit, like, fight or flight situation constantly. And what do you end up doing? These sorts of things. You go out and you steal food. You go out and you rob someone. You go out and do things that are seen as criminal or as things that make you a horrible human. But that's what these fucking people were doing at Costco over toilet paper. (laughs) So it's like, have the audacity to judge people who live in this very real situation that affects them every day. And then you go out and do the same thing over something that like is not at the same level at all. Right. Right. And on top of that, like it, it bases, it, it reduces you down to basically a criminal mm-hmm. and you don't even realize it. You don't even realize that you're doing criminal activity. And of course the thing with human beings, and I see this a lot and it transcends to all areas I don't understand it until it happens to me. Mm-hmm. I don't get it. I don't fully understand or whatever, or have any empathy towards your situation until that shit happens to me. And when it happens to me, it's like, Oh God, like, right. I can't believe this would happen to me. And it was like, what, what do you think? Like you have all these examples around you of the same situation playing out in the same exact way. What makes you think you're so special mm-hmm. that the shit won't happen to you? Exactly. Like, 
it's going to happen to yeah. you. So even then, like as it's happening to them, they're still not thinking about it in that way. Like what's happening to them is acceptable. Them fighting over this at Costco is acceptable. But if you still present them with, oh, this, you know, Mexican person in South Central LA just went and robbed the drugstore because their baby mama was fucking about to die from not having insulin or whatever the hell the case is right and have any money they're still gonna be like oh well that's illegal and they need to go to jail like they're still not gonna relate it in the same way so it's like what the fuck it's still that privilege right like what right. you privilege over this other situation that in my opinion, yes, go fucking steal that insulin. Like, if that's all you can do to save your fucking mother, <laughs> the mother of your child's life, like, go do it. Right. It's always this underlying context of race. Mm-hmm. You know, it's this underlying context. You know, if this white person does it, it's like, oh, you know, well, it wasn't that bad. And it was just an altercation and stuff like that. But let it be a black or Mexican person. Yeah, you know, bad day. He didn't take his medication. He was Mm -hmm. under a lot of anxiety and depression. And it's all these (laughs) justifications. Right. All these justifications. But when it's us or whatever, oh, you know, did I forget to mention he was illegal? Right. Did I forget to mention that, you know, he used to be in a gang? All (laughs) like the blame right then you actually start blaming like when it's them it's excuses when it's right. us it's like what can we blame them for <laughs> right 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 how, how how can we make this situation seem justifiable that way they don't take the brunt of the accountability mm-hmm. like what can we do uh you know we instead of showing him the or showing the public the jail picture when they got intaked and when they got arrested or whatever they'll show them with their family you know, hey, this is a, you know, he's not a bad guy. Look, he has three children mm-hmm. and this, that, and another, whatever. But of course, if it's, you know, a black dude, you want to show him with his gold teeth or him throwing up fake gang signs or something like that, you know, when he was a teenager or some shit mm-hmm. like that. So, you know, I we obviously see that. And that is a real issue that has to be addressed when um, we're we're dealing with anything in media. You know, like it has to be the like my dad says all the time, you know, the door swings both ways. Yeah. You know, it has to just just for how it is with with white people is how it should be for black people, Mexican people, Asian people, any person of minority descent. You know, it should be the same instead of having this, you know, underlying context of, well, this is the motivation for why they did it. Like, no, they did it to survive. <laughs> like, They did it to, for their own well-being. There was no other reason. They didn't do that shit because, you know, they thought it'd be fun. Like who wants the police on their ass? Right. You know, who wants to be labeled a criminal? I don't think anybody does. I don't think anybody, any minority group, you know, wakes up one day and it's like, ha, you know, I'm going to be a crip today. i'm gonna be a blood today you know today's the day i don't think anybody does that shit you do that shit because you're born in it it's all you know Mm -hmm. you know those are the only reasons so literally have no other options like you know you're put into this environment where it's like you either join these people or you're the enemy what what are you gonna do (laughs) yeah yeah so in a way you know sometimes society makes you like choose a side and one of the things that i think the pandemic has done is make people realize that because um one of the other topics that you know i wanted to discuss with you was uh you know the pandemic being you know a blessing and a curse Mm -hmm. because it because it made america sit down and evaluate itself um, and, and made Americans, you know, we, we've had the Trayvon Martins, the Tamir Rice's, the Breonna Taylor's, you know, we've had all those situations and it's kind of like, you know, America's like, you know, that's a monstrosity and how could that happen? And then, you know, you never hear about it again. Like it's quickly gone, you know, within the next couple months and people forget about it. And I think weeks, like I remember before the pandemic, like you would just hear about something and 
like a few days later sometimes or a week later like nothing else was heard about it like you never heard about if there was a trial for it like you never heard anything else right you know even the fact that we were talking about you know pros and cons of this pandemic um the fact that things like the brianna taylor case were fucking covered for months it's like that's you know a little win there like at least this type of right shit now being covered like it's right mentioned that it deserves right right and and you know it made people because they were quarantining it made people have to sit down and watch what was going down mm-hmm. because you're watching cnn you're watching fox you're watching msnbc you're watching whatever you're watching you know you're watching and it's talking about you know how bad how good um, the quarantine, the COVID-19 process is going. But then when they get done with that, they're talking about George Floyd. They're mm-hmm. talking about Breonna Taylor. So you don't have shit to do. So you're watching this video over and over and over again. And that's why to me, I think George Floyd, specifically his case, made such an impact as far as social injustices and making people realize like how fucked up you know, the criminal justice system is, how fucked up police brutality is, because, you know, you watch that video and, you know, a lot of the times people will say, well, you know, he resisted arrest or he did this or he did that. When you watch that video, there's no justification. Mm -hmm. There's like literally none. I mean, even um, Trump, who is the king of the conservatives and pro-police and all this kind of shit, um, even he was like, Ooh, that's bad for him to say that for him to relay that message, I think speaks volumes because literally he looked at it and was like, wow, there's no justification for that shit. Like that shit was foul. But in the same sense, this is the same man that tear gassed the, the protesters and, you know, went in front of the church and <laughs> held the book up like he was Hitler. I don't think he necessarily really thought like, oh, this is fucked up because he's just a sociopath by definition. Right. What the fuck? Right. He's not even like, I do not consider that man a human. I think it was just what you were saying. Like there was no escaping this. There was literally nothing else to fucking cover. Like you're at home. It's not like you can just go to work or go fucking do this because shit's locked down. Right. There was no escaping it. So it just got to the point for him where it's like, fuck, I have, I can't escape this. Like I have to address it. And you know, that's his little performative politics there. (laughs) Right. But right. But but I hope a, a lot of other Americans who were on his side of the fence, you know, or, th- or thought like him were able to see that mm-hmm. and start realizing like, oh, shit, like they really do like kill black people mm-hmm. for no reason. Like, it's not a myth because I think for years, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, even before Rodney King, man, like mm-hmm. you always heard rumbles and like, you know, like, man, do they really just beat up black people for no reason and stuff? Right, and people it always was, assumed, like, they did something to get beat up. Like. Right, right. And then you see the Rodney King, and then, like, oh, like, oh, they do. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, you know, that was the first video, you know, confirmation of something like that happening. Because even with the riots in Watts, they happened twice. They happened in the, I think, believe, I believe the 60s. And then, you know, the early 90s with Rodney King. But the thing is with the 60s riots, there was, I mean, they had some video, but it wasn't definitive video. You know, there was, there's only um, recountings of what happened, Mm -hmm. you know, stories of what happened. Right. It's not as definitive as George Floyd. It's not definitive like these other cases. And, you know, for the longest time, I think black people kind of thought like, man, if we could just get this on tape. Mm-hmm. You know, we we be able to show these people that we're not crazy. We're not just making shit up. Like they really do kill us for no reason. And yeah, I think and the mo- then you get it on tape, and there's still <laughs> right. motherfuckers claiming like it's your fault somehow. Right? Like that's gaslighting oh, yeah. to another fucking extent. Yeah, How it is. Like go on about your day knowing that like people do not believe you just because of the color of your skin. Like that's fucked up. Yeah, it is. And um, I always make a joke to people because, you know, people like going skydiving and driving fast and doing all these things to get your adrenaline raised. 
And I always make the joke of, you know, like, I don't have to do all that. All I have to do is have a cop behind me. Mm -hmm. You know, <laughs> like, that's the only thing that I have to do to make my adrenaline rush because you never know, especially in this day and age, you know, this cop could be having a fucked up day. And, you know, I say the wrong thing to him or things get put out of context or whatever. And now I'm in a situation where he has his gun drawn on me. That situation, as we've seen it in the past, have, can come out, you know, terrible. So um, it, it, it definitely sucks, man. And I mean, even to this point that, you know, as, as a black person, you know, you're desensitized. You're desensitized to the point where, you know, things like this happen and it's just like protocol. You know, I've I've told countless times of me being in, being in the car with a white person and I'm not even the driver, but I get asked for my ID and the, the white dude, you know, that I'm with or whatever is like, what the fuck? Like, really? You know, and I have to tell the white person, chill, bro, chill, chill, because you're going to make this shit worse for me and you, but more so me. So just do what dude ass don't, you know, and I mean, even a sense, the sense that I'm desensitized to that point is fucked up. Mm -hmm. Like the, the fact that I can't be like, you know, why do you need to see my ID? And I shouldn't be, I'm not the driver. I'm, you know, the fact that I can't even say that because I know that's going to draw more attention and make more of a, uh, the situation even worse. Like that's, that's sad. It's very sad. And it's even, you know, it goes beyond that. Like you learned to do those things from somewhere. The fact that your fucking dad had to sit with you at who knows what age and explain to you like, hey, if a cop is ever around, this is how you act. And, you know, it doesn't matter if you really didn't do anything like <laughs> this is what you need to say. And this is what like that is fucking sad. I can't imagine. that. Yeah. Yeah. And and the crazy thing is, it wasn't even my dad, it's my mom. I'm I'm of Mexican and black descent. Wow. So my mom, you know, before she uh, you know, got married to my dad, she was married to a, a a black man previously and had two other black black and Mexican kids. And, you know, she knew the rep. So when I came along, you know, the <laughs> the talk was easy because she had had it two times before. She she already knew what to say. She, to me, that's sad. Right. You know, and, and my, my mom, you know, sometimes not knowing, you know, I, as a kid, when your when your parents are like, you know, tell me where you are, mm -hmm. you know, let me know what's going on and, and stuff like that. Um, you like, know, it's so annoying. Yeah. <laughs> let yeah, me live. <laughs> yeah. Let me do my thing. You know, hey, man. Like, but as you get older, you start realizing, like, how important that shit is. Mm -hmm. Because eventually, you know, we're going to have kids. And, I, man, man, the anxiety and the mm -hmm. worriedness and scared, scared, you know, of my child being out in this world and being a person of color mm -hmm. and not knowing who they're interacting with what they're interacting with, what kind of shit they're getting in. Not like that. If they're coming back home. Like right. a real fucking fear. Like my son is walking out this door. Is he coming back home? Like, right. going to walk back through it. Like, right. Right. Know. Right. So, I mean, to me that, that shit is just scary and just, just a unnecessary worry that a lot of mothers have, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of fathers have about their child and stuff like that. So, like I said, I definitely think that this pandemic has made people realize like the social injustices and not even just from a black uh, perspective, but, you know, the, the children at the border. Right. Yeah. Because even you know? me, like as a kid, I was always very aware that it wasn't so much like I was told, like I never I don't remember us like, you know, sitting down and having a conversation about this. But I was very observant. I was always watching things happen and I remember just being aware of you know how authority figures treated the minority members and my dad he did used to tell me all the time like you know you you were born here in the United States but you come from Mexicans like you are Mexican your parents are Mexican mm -hmm. like your first language is Spanish I literally went to first grade not knowing one word of English so immediately, like everyone knew, like you are Mexican. And they, um, <laughs> right. 
So he was always like telling me when people look at you, when people hear you talk, they don't just see a human, they see a Mexican. And people see Mexicans in certain ways. They have certain ideas, certain perceptions. So guess what? They have all those perceptions about you. So what do you have to do? You have to work twice as hard, (laughs) times as hard. You have to make sure that things that you're saying and actions that you're performing are good because what you do is going to be taken as that's what Mexicans do. Right. right. I grew up like knowing that and it, yeah, it affected the way that I expressed myself a lot because I had to, you know, I was very aware who's around me and okay, it's just white. So then this is not acceptable. I'm going to just play along and fucking act as white as I can. And then it was like, okay, now I'm around like Mexicans. I'm around like black people. I'm around like, you know, minorities. So I can be my real self. So I was always (laughs) very aware of when you can be the true you and when you have to like play a role. Right. Ain't that a bitch? Mm -hmm. Ain't, Ain't that something that like basically you can't be your real self in front of people because it threatens them? It mm-hmm. makes them feel uncomfortable yeah, and stuff and like that. that. A huge responsibility for a child. Like what you do fucking is a portrayal of the entire Mexican culture. Like what? I'm just me. Literally one bad interaction mm-hmm. that you have with a white person may influence how they feel about a specific group of people for the rest of their lives. Yep. And that's a big ass responsibility to lay on a kid, or especially a kid who doesn't know anything about the world other than what his immediate family shows him or what he sees on TV or whatever. Like that, that's a hell of a responsibility. And, you know, in, in, in uh, sociology and sociology, sociology yeah. yeah. And sociology, they, they talk about front stage and backstage. Mm-hmm. Your front stage is, you know, hi, I'm Alex McKeldon. It's very nice to meet you, sir. How would you, you know? And then the backstage is, you know, my nigga, like, mm-hmm. you know, what's good? Like, you know, what's fine? You know, that is your front stage and backstage. And the fact that your backstage in certain situations, it would totally just dilapidate any opportunities that you would have. That's also code switching, right? Mm-hmm. People of color, they're very familiar with code switching. Some of them don't know that that's what they're doing, but they do it all the time. The way that you talk at home is not the way you talk out in the real world because we've learned from somewhere, whether we've been told, whether through observation, whether through experience, we've learned that the way that we behave with people of our same culture is not acceptable out in the overall world. Right. Because those you know, European standards have become the standard. They've been so widely right. accepted now. It's what everyone's like. Everybody's used to. Right. They're, they're programmed to, to go oh, by and stuff like that. Well, yeah. And me and my father would have conversations about how everything that we do is so Eurocentric. I mean, even the way that we show up to job, mm-hmm. um, we show up with a suit and tie and this, that, and another. But, you know, let somebody show up in a dashiki. Let somebody show up in a poncho. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? It wouldn't be respected the same as having that suit and tie. Mm -hmm. So I think in a lot of ways, people don't understand how Eurocentric America, just Western civilization is because anything that doesn't reflect to European values or anything like that is considered a threat or, you know, oh, we're not we're not comfortable with that. Because, I mean, I can literally go to a job interview. I mean, you know, suits and stuff cost thousands of dollars, especially good ones and stuff. But, I mean, you know, so so does Louis Vuitton. Mm-hmm. So does Gucci. You know, there's some Jordans that are worth $1,000 or whatever. If I show up with that shit on and it's my regular self or whatever, um, they're not going to care. They're going to, oh, no, he didn't dress appropriately for the job or whatever, even though what I have on might be more expensive than any European tailored suit. Right. right. So I, I think that that in itself is crazy. You know, the, the threat of me impeding on your Eurocentric traditions and right. customs. The only civilization that exists. <laughs> right. 
<laughs> right. And, and, you know, on top of that, Angie, I feel like if people were allowed to be more themselves, like you said, it, we didn't have as much code switching and stuff. I think that like people will get to know other cultures and be more um, understanding of where certain cultures come from. Um, yeah. You know, uh, one of the things with me is I've always been around black and Mexican people, but um, especially with what's going on with the Asian community, as far as, you know, the hatred towards them because of, mm-hmm. you know, the, the narrative of, you know, the stupid Kung Fu flu and shit like that's horrible. Um, but, you know, I think if people were more open to uh, expressing themselves full frontal, we would know a little more about, you know, um, different cultures, Asian cultures, uh, you know, uh, Panamanians, Brazilians, all, you know, just all these different ethnicities. But I just feel like in America, it's frowned upon to be too ethnic. So, you know, when you can be ethnic, you can wave your flag, but, you know, I don't want to eat your weird food. I don't want to, I don't want to practice your weird customs. I don't want to do this or whatever, because it goes against, you know, the American Western, you know, ideology of what I find to be normal, you know, and we have to, as Americans, you know, they call it the melting pot. We have to take that and, and make it literal. You know, we have to normalize, you know, seeing other people's cultures and being like, Hmm, that's different, but I accept that. Right. You know, like, cause I feel like Americans just don't do that. If it's, again, if it's something that is, you know, weird to you or, uh, you know, you don't accept it, you know, I mean, and, and then not only that, but the perception of where these people come from, Mm -hmm. that also uh, gets impacted because, Oh, like, do they eat cat all Do they eat cats in Asia and all this kind of shit? Like what? Like, (laughs) you you know what I'm saying? So it's pink slime that comes out of some weird machine. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. Right. You know, like there's, there's stuff that Americans eat where other countries be like, "Ugh, you fucking nasty. Like, why would you eat that? Like, so it's just crazy to me how, you know, arrogant, and um pig-headed that you know america is sometimes to where you know we fucking villainize and antagonize people for their differences don't throw rocks from a glass house y'all used to not shower yeah yeah y'all used to sleep with pigs and shit and wonder why you got black plague right so i want to make a distinction because We're saying America, we're saying Americans, but America is a whole S continent. And that's another issue with the United States of American and the whites. Like you guys just took ownership of this whole S continent. (laughs) America includes Canada. It includes South America, which is all the Latin countries. Central America. Yes. We're specifically talking about the United States of America because that's where we live. But even right. more specifically, like when we're talking about Americans, I think we're both referring to white. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. white Americans, and, white and, people. And not only that, but your your traditional white person who there's white people that, you know, like are for the cause and understand mm-hmm. and have empathy and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And you know, that's cool. That's great. Mm-hmm. But more so, we're talking about the ones who, you know... Uh, Are still think, upholding that white supremacy. Like. Right, right. I think the 50s and the 60s were great. Yes. And, you know, because, you know, everybody knew their place. And, yes. you know, when I walked on the sidewalk, the Negro uh, got off the sidewalk and, and got on the other sidewalk. So mm-hmm. I'd be comfortable you know, th- those are more so the the white folks that we're talking about. And not only that, but the ideologies that have evolved from that. Because yes. the thing is, like, it do- obviously it doesn't look like that. But some of those ideologies and those frame of thoughts have evolved into this day and time to where you see little things. I mean, Fox News, I remember, uh, you know, they used to talk about Obama and they'd be like, he's so arrogant. And me and my dad would be like, no, nah, finish the sentence. Because mm-hmm. there's, there's another part of it. You arrogant nigger, you cocky nigger. You know, because that's what they used to say back in the day. 
you know? So we know, especially I think minorities in general, we know coded language Yes. when, you know, and that's one of the things that I think white people um, don't understand when it comes to minorities. When we hear certain things on the uh, news or what have you, and they're describing us, we, like you said, gaslighting, we know that that's meant for us. You know, when they say things like, oh, you know, he was gunned down in an urban area. You know what you're saying. You know, exactly. (laughs) Even like when you're talking to us in person, like, you know, when your boss tells you a certain thing, like we know exactly what you mean. Like that's the thing about people of color. They're very... They're conscious. Yes, they're <laughs> conscious of actions because they understand that their actions can get them in fucking deep shit. So they observe actions and they are very aware of body language and they know what the fuck you're saying. Like we may not have said anything in response because we were told to fucking just just take it just don't say nothing working hard and eventually you'll be someone but i think the question we were talking about is um what are some goods that came out of this pandemic right i think that's good that a lot of minorities themselves like realize hey i don't have to keep fucking catering to these people that really don't give a shit about us like that's the reality that's what we noticed right it's like the right white people do not give a shit about us they just give a fuck about upholding their white supremacy and about getting rich and that's pretty much it right so it's like they don't care if we eat if we don't eat if we die <laughs> if we live like they don't care and then also another good thing that came about this is like you said people like they started noticing and they have to pay attention and a lot of people actually this was the beginning of their education of the world like they really start digging deeper like hey well why is this like that why is this like that and it took them back fucking thousands of years and it's like it's like that because it was created like that Europeans literally came to this land to America to the whole continent of America and just took it they (laughs) yeah like they killed the people that already were living here they raped them they gave them diseases they took their food away they introduced new food that we weren't used to right then they fucking kidnapped people from a whole other continent and made (laughs) them work to build what the fuck they wanted right right that's the history when that's the beginning of a country like what the fuck do you think they still care about I understand why Mexican and black people are mad now. I get it. You right. know, like that, that's basically the, the, the conclusion you come taken, to. And these motherfuckers were kidnapped and made to work. Like, right. We're free right. And like, were abused on top of that. Like they weren't treated well because they were working for free. And then you can even keep going. Right. Like, how did the police get started? Right. Um, slave when slavery did end, what, how did it end? Here you go. Here's a home. Here's some land. Nope. What the fuck are people going to do? They don't have any money. They don't have anywhere to live. Yeah. You obviously did these things in a very strategic way, in very evil ways. Like you knew what you wanted for these people and you still want those things for these people. So I think yes. that's another good thing. Like a lot of, you know, people of color themselves, like were blind to that shit. And a lot of them were like, oh, fuck, like these white people really want us to fucking fail. And right. white people do. They were like, oh shit, like my ancestors were fucking evil. Right, right. It, it all comes to enlightenment. You know, you enlighten yourself. Because I mean, even I think one of the most powerful things that I saw, you know, in the midst of all these uh, protests and demonstrations and stuff like that was, you know, I would see the Army Reserve, the Black Army Reserve people, you know, taking knees with the protesters and because I mean at that point especially as a person of color when you're in that situation it's a tug of war Mm -hmm. because you know basically I've sworn an oath to America to uphold the law and everything but at the end of the day I'm black too right I mean it's a tug of war of the soul I got a job I got livelihood but at the end of the day when I woke up this morning when I first gained consciousness the first thing I was was black Mm mm-hmm 
You know, I chose to become a soldier. I chose to go do this and do that. You know what? A lot of people actually quit. A lot of people quit being cops. A lot of people, I mean, it's not that easy to quit the army, but a lot of people that were in a position to get out got out. So that's another good thing because it is, right? You say like a lot of people use that as an excuse. Well, that's my job. Like, what am I supposed to do? Um, do the right thing. If your job is right. you kill innocent people, get a new fucking job. Right. I mean, even um, did you ever see Chappelle? You know, he's been releasing these short little comedy clips or whatever. But one of the ones that he talked about and I, I was like, hmm, that's a very interesting take on things was not too long ago. There was a L.A. police officer who was black and he was witnessing corruption and mm-hmm. stuff like that within the force and mm-hmm. seeing a whole bunch of crooked shit going on. But he was ex-military, too. He was a Marine. And one of the things they teach you as a Marine is, like, basically, whenever you see terrorism, you suppress it, no matter what form it comes in. No matter, you know, when you see injustice, you, you know, you dead that shit. So this man, he saw, you know, police corruption or whatever, and he tried to go to the higher ups and tell them what was going on. They ignored they were it. Part of it. <laughs> yeah, they were part of it. And so, you know, uh, he basically went on a rampage and started, you know, he had a, a kill list. And this fool was just going around killing. And, you know, I, I don't oblige anybody killing anybody. In her, huh? Did they make a movie about this? I feel like I don't I've think seen that, this in a movie. I don't, Nah, this is this is real life. I, I don't think they've ever made a movie about it. But this man, he he made a kill list and he was just going around killing all these officers and when he was killing their families and stuff like that. But eventually he went up to Big Bear and locked himself in a cabinet and they got in a shootout and him and the LAPD and they firebombed the cabin and ended up burning him to death. But the whole point of that story is, again, he was a Marine. He was taught to Mm -hmm. suppress terrorist attacks. And he saw that within the system that he was in, in the Los Angeles Angeles Police Department, that there was domestic terrorism. Mm -hmm. And he did everything in his power to go about it the right way. He went and, you know, hey, man, this is going on. This is going on. Oh, okay, we'll take care of it. They never did. So what he did was he resorted to his training (laughs) you know and and went out and did what he did um so people have to start realizing that when you put people of color in these situations where it's their profession or their livelihood of what they do versus them as a person nine times out of ten they're gonna choose them as a person Mm -hmm. you know anybody with some character with some sense of themselves or whatever they're gonna choose themselves all the time Right. You know, because um, th- th- that's the thing that they've identified with from day one. They chose to become a police officer. They chose to go into the army, the Marines or whatever. They didn't choose to be black. They were born right. that way, especially black people with the history that we have. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're always taught, you know, stand for something. Now, unfortunately, the dude, you know, went out and did that or whatever. But it was an unfortunate circumstance because like he felt like that was all he could do. Right. so but I thought that was very interesting that is interesting and that also you know it goes to show which I think is another thing that people have been realizing just throughout the pandemic legal does not always mean right right people just make laws and like we've been saying a lot of these laws were made in very strategic ways for Mm -hmm. specific reasons to keep certain people in situations or out of reaching other situations so that's another you know a lot of people just kind of like oh well the law is the law and you have to follow it but it's not that black and white always right so you have to be able to assess like when is something really supposed to be followed and when should i stand up and right about something else because even with that logic you know at one time slavery was legal mm-hmm. <laughs> you know was it right fuck no nope. you know so at the same time i mean it, the georgia just passed a law recently where they made it illegal to give people food and water in line right right like, what kind of what kind of shit is that america always prides itself on having freedoms 
Right. You know, how, how is it that you can have the freedom to own an AR-15 with automatic switch on it or whatever, but I can't grow vegetables in the community garden? Right. Like, what in the world logic is that? I and, have to go get permission to grow food in dirt that really doesn't belong to any human. Any, like, right. humans are going to die. The dirt will fucking remain. <laughs> it's like, right, right, right. But, you know, it's again, it's just America not taking accountability for its changes. You know, we, we got laws from 17... 62 and shit that haven't been changed because that's an American custom. That's an American tradition. Like, man, it is 2000. (laughs) Right. It's the constitution. It's in the amendment. It's 2021. My guy, John Smith, that shit, John Smith was doing back in 17, whatever does not apply now. Mm -hmm. And it's crazy how America just does not want to change any of that shit. They just, Hey, well, it's, you know, it's in there. So let's not change it because it it goes against our value. What fucking values? You know, there's certain things about America that just make it hard for people to thrive and succeed. It's it's crazy just how this pandemic has brought to light all these different things. Like we say, as minorities, you know, um, you as a Mexican-American, me as a half Mexican-American, but perceived more so as African-American. You know, um, I, I just think it's it's something that not a lot of people get a lot of insight to, because even with the riots in the Capitol, man, like I think it, it was funny because somebody put a meme up or whatever. And it was like all black people in unison were saying, you know, if that would have been us mm-hmm. <laughs> or if that would have been any other color, if it would have been Mexican, black, Asian, whatever, they'd have shot our asses. We'd have been dead, have been a massacre. There'd be dead bodies littered all on that street. If you still think that things are good or um, that progression has been made, which it has, but it's still not good enough. Right. You know, if you think that uh, things are okay, like, I don't know what you've been doing for the past year. You know, earlier you were talking about the, you know, colonization of America and you were talking about how genocide, you know, the, um, genocide like the world it's so yeah crazy. yeah giving giving small putting smallpox on blankets and giving them to indians mm-hmm. and then and then coming up with dumb shit like you know manif- uh, manifest destiny oh you know i talked to god and god said all oh, this was mine and that's what you tell the indians and in order to guys, justify taking all their land like really <laughs> the shit that really pisses me off which this could be a whole other topic too if we want to fucking talk about cultural appropriation y'all have spent years like you literally made it your mission to come here take someone's land kick them out make them feel inferior you did all of that to make it feel seem like their ways were fucking crazy were not advanced we're ignorant but now you're starting to take some of those beliefs and parts of the culture that you worked so hard to get everyone else to hate and you're like reintroducing them as something that you came up with no motherfucker that shit is ours like didn't you claim that shit was not advanced but all of a sudden you're using it to show how advanced you are Mm-hmm. Like really digging deeper and really finding out like about my ancestors and like the types of fucking traditions and things that we used to do it's like wow we were fucking advanced humans right and right. you guys really made us believe that we were less than y'all what the fuck so that's another thing that like i started to do is just really speak the truth about shit like what you were saying with the white capital um the white capital with the capital the fucking coop or whatever they want to call it you know people were like oh trying to minimize it and it's like no that's terrorism and i'm gonna say that like oh you mean the terrorism that occurred yeah 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 i'm not covering up for your fucking dumbass right and hatred anymore i'm gonna fucking speak the truth about whatever's happening no matter how harsh those words sound to you like guess what my people have been hearing these harsh words forever for no apparent reason just because you decided to hate us right right i i call it what you're describing right now in my own personal terminology i call that the elvis effect Mm. because basically you know 
uh, before Elvis, there was Chuck Berry, right? Ch- Chuck Berry's the originator of rock and roll. Um, he couldn't reach white audiences or whatever. And so when Elvis went and mimicked exactly the same shit that he did, oh my God, this is the best thing we've ever heard. And mm-hmm. like you said, rebranding, mm-hmm. you know, and, and not only that, but it's been happening even way before Elvis. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, like you're saying with, with Mexican culture, um, even for me, you know, um, one of the things that I did when in my college career was take um, black studies. Romans and Greeks would send their kids to fucking Egypt. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I feel like a lot of the times, you know, especially in, you know, history and stuff, they try to make Egypt sound like it's not in Africa. That yeah. motherfucker is in Africa. Yes. You were educated by Africans. Yes. They used to send kids, the Greeks, um, what's his face? Um, Julius Caesar, yeah. all them cats, they went to the city of Alexandria, which is now modern day Cairo. Yes. They used to send them to Egypt to read books and, and educate themselves and stuff like that. And then when those libraries got burned and stuff like that that's when you go through things like the dark ages and shit like that so again like i had to go out on my own and discover that kind of shit like that wasn't general knowledge that i gained when i was in high school or whatever like the first thing they taught me in school was you were a slave that's the first thing that they talk about as far as black history and i always knew that it was deeper than that I knew that, you know, oh, that can't be it. That's just your American narrative of the Black experience. But I knew that there was a narrative before we came over here to America. We had, you know, I mean, Africa is the home of raw materials. You know, diamonds. uh, Half the shit that they make your PlayStation with comes from Africa. Africa is literally where humanity Humanity began. began. Like, it's the (laughs) beginning of it all. So how are you going to tell me all this other bullshit you're trying to tell me? Right, 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 right. You're trying to tell me that, you know, civilization started in Rome and all this kind of stuff. You know, democracy and and all that. No, that's that's your narrative. Please tell me how two white people can make a black person i would really like to know. right right because that yeah, you touched on it right there because one of the things that that i had mentioned uh to somebody earlier was you know two white people cannot make a dark baby but mm-hmm. two black people can make an albino baby can mm-hmm. make a white baby you talk about origins of humanity origins of you know civilization there you go. I, I re- really don't have to expand too much beyond that. You know what I'm saying? So God is a woman and God is black. Right. <laughs> Wouldn't doubt it. Wouldn't doubt it at all. You know, That's people get to heaven. Awesome Christians. <laughs> yeah. You, you, you going to get to heaven and be hella disappointed. You're going to be like, fuck, really? Oh, really like oh man that that black lady that was my neighbor fuck like <laughs> we're gonna be dropping episodes every other thursday of the month tune in and we'll come with different topics um expand on them give you our perspective we just hope you guys enjoy it that's it for today